0: Good morning, good morning, it's Eshin, Brenda, Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Here I am back again, back again, back again like a cold, (laughs) keeps returning, or like like a blossom in the spring, all the same, or like a windy day, here I am back again, (laughs) back, 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 and then one day I won't be here. But the day will be here, the wisdom will be here, which we call in Zen practice, the Dharma. And I'll be here in a different form completely. Of course, we can never disappear. We keep just transforming, transforming, changing, changing, changing. As we grow, we change, change, change. As we get older, we change, change, change. It, it, it looks on one level like we disappear, and, and we don't. We, we just change, 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 enter new phases of our development, of our understanding, of our experience. So many experiences we have in this world. Oh, my goodness. That's why I like doing it back again another day. Here is a brand new day. And when we sit on a cushion, you know, in our Zen practice, there's a sense of solidity, stability, that things will stay. <laughs> Part of our experience is solid. We don't move. We don't try to change anything. We don't try to control anything. We, we become very still and silent, and we allow. Then when we have that stability of our seat, of being in our, on our seat and sitting in our center, We can really allow all the experiential changes that go on because there's a sense of stability and solidity. And it allows us to just be present then for the enormity of our life experience. The changes, the memories, like the constant clouds that float one way and then float another. Changing formations, but still the clouds. Sometimes you can see them, sometimes you can't. Sometimes they're puffy, sometimes they're very dim. Actually, it's very, very beautiful to look at life that way like constantly changing formations, which certainly is true. It can be scary for some, and me too, at times, because we're not used to that. We're used to holding on, clinging demanding that everything stays the same. There's such a wish for that. Well, and we keep repeating experiences because we want to things to stay the same. We want to hold on to what's come into our life, the people, the beliefs, the experiences, the memories. There's such a craving to hold on And maybe so we can really digest it, we can really understand it. But life itself, here it is, it comes and it is changed. And it changes, it changes, it changes. So one of the great, great beauties and benefits of Zen practice is to learn how to allow all the change. Not to be afraid of it, not to grab onto it, not to fight it off, but to just allow the clouds to come and go and come and go. And to be with that, to be with that, to experience them as they are now. And also then we would say, well, is there isn't there anything that's secure, that's stable, that's solid that I can count on won't change. A lot of people say that, including me, I've said that. What can I count on? What can I hold in other words, that's another way of saying what can I hold on to? And in Zen we say, open your hands, open hands. Dogen said, they said to him, when you came back from years of study to your country to bring the teachings with you, what, what did you bring? What did you get uh, from all these years of practice? What was it you attained was the question really. And Dogen very famously said, I came back with nothing but empty hands. Mm. Empty hands, open hands, not clutching, not holding on to anything, not grabbing, not pushing away, just empty. Here they are. Now, empty hands are flexible. They're fluid. They can feel if they touch. They can feel because they're not loaded up. They're not clenched. They can help if help is needed. They can caress. They, they can lift something up. They're very, very flexible and useful. You know, Zen practice is also very practical and very useful. Those empty hands, which is the same thing as open heart, no different. It's the part of us that will allow things to be as they are and will be flexible, will accord with what's happening right now and honor it and be with it, and experience it, and, and make an offering to it, and give to it. Empty hands, they're open, they can make all kinds of offerings. All kinds of offerings. You know, in a sense, all the different spiritual practices and religious practices, they're always making offerings. You know, there's holiday celebrations, there's song, there's special foods, all different ways. Storytelling. Many, many ways of making offerings. And they're all very beautiful. They're all very beautiful. It's what is your offering. And if you're not engaged in some kind of formal practice, that's okay. Your life is your offering, basically. Your life itself is an offering. What are you offering? What are you giving? How, how are you... Using your empty hands, planting flowers in the garden, a great offering when it's done with that mind, in that state of mind. Maybe somebody who walks by will be very uplifted. They'll enjoy the fragrance. You're giving the flowers a chance to bloom. Many, many, you know, it just depends on the state of mind. Whatever you do can be done as an offering, as a contribution. Of course, we do many things in other ways. We want something from it. Give me, I want something back. Give me something from it. Or I'm going to plant these flowers and rip them up out of the ground and, and make it, put it on my table right away. Or I want my garden to be prettier and better and, than somebody else's. There's all kinds of states of mind. So the ultimate state of mind of giving and is making a big offering. Our state of mind is so important when we empty it out of that greed, that competitiveness, that harshness that lives at times within all of us. It's part of the human condition. You know, we think other things out there are making us so unhappy, blame this, blame that, but actually it's our own greed, our own state of mind that is is doing the harm. And and so in Zen practice, what we really do, we, we empty it out. And how do we do that? By becoming aware of it, <clears throat> noticing it, seeing it, letting it go. <clears throat> we don't even have to let it go. As soon as we see it and are aware of it, it goes. We see it without judging it, without hating it, without blaming ourselves or somebody else. We just keep seeing it, feeling it. By seeing it, I mean we... We, we feel it, we experience it, we're aware of it. And then it leaves like a cloud. All of these different experiences and traits, clouds, come, they go. Unless we hold, try to hold on to it, grab it, define it, make up a story about it. That's what it means to not have empty hands. We're holding on to so much baggage, so much then we're not free to make a a loving offering into the world. I came back with nothing but empty hands or an open heart, same exact thing, or an open door. Mm, How beautiful that image is, and it's more than an image. You know, my teacher used to always say, the way out is right through the door. Why doesn't somebody take that method? <laughs> Too easy. Too easy. We, 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 we wanted something hard and complicated. We feel we're trapped in a situation or we're trapped in our mind or we're trapped in a relationship or we're trapped in a room. How do we get out? How do we get out of this? How do I get out of this situation? How do I move on? That's such a common question that goes on and on forever and ever and ever. How do I move forward? How do I get out of here? Well, the door is always open. Mm. That's what he said. And the way out is right through the open door. Why don't we just walk through? Why are we banging our heads against the wall thinking that we're trapped in a situation or in a room or in a life relationship? Why do we think we're so trapped? But what does he mean, the way out? Does he mean just walk out of something, walk away from something? No, that's not what he means. He means that it's always right before our eyes what to do. The way is open. Empty hands, open heart, open door. It's right there in front of us all the time. What we need, what's really happening, it's right there all the time. Why don't we see it? Why don't we attend to it with open hands is what it really means. Why aren't we available to see what to do to clear something up? Hmm. How beautiful. And what's really meant in this point is that our solutions are always, always, always present. They're right there in front of our eyes. Just empty your hands, open the door, let go of preconceived ideas about it, let go of notions we've been holding on to that are preventing us from seeing what's here now, or memories that we cling to. Oh, well, this happened when I did that, so it's going to happen again now. All of that prevents us from realizing what's available right in front of our eyes right here right now and that is the open door the open mind walk through the open door the open mind it's also been very famously called the gateless gate The gateless gate. We think there's a gate locking us out of some wonderful information, some wisdom, some secret, some love. It's there, and we're on the other side of the gate, and we're we're, we're locked out. We're locked out of a relationship, we're locked out of a job, we're locked out of school, who knows? We're locked out. But that gate, from the Zen point of view, is a mirage. It's gateless, gateless. Gateless. There's no gate. There's no barrier. There's no obstruction. Everything we need is right here in front of our eyes. That is the Zen point of view. And the only so-called obstruction, it's in our mind. It's in our imagination. It's in our memory. It's in our clinging to beliefs and logical ideas. But when we are able, through sitting a lot, or many ways of doing it, but that's one way. When we're able to return with empty hands to be open to what's here now, then everything is possible. Everything, actually problems, when we have that state of mind, they don't even exist. We don't even see it as a problem. We don't even perceive that we're locked in. If someone comes to us and they want something from us, we can just give it with open hands. We can give. We can give. We can make that offering without necessarily give me something back for me. What am I getting out of this? You know, what do they really mean? All of those unfortunate obstacles that come from within, they're not inherent in this situation. Open hands can give freely, fully, depending on what's needed right now, right here. They're not protecting themselves all the time. They're being one with others. There's a beautiful teaching in scripture which says, do to the other exactly what you would like to have done to you. And don't do to them what you don't want them to do to you. This is the same as saying empty hands. Because from this perspective, really, as we live this way, there is no other. (laughs) Whoever is in front of us is a part of us. We're one. We're connected. And if they have a need, it's our honor To make an offering it's not even an honor it's a natural if one hand is dirty the other hand washes it off if one part of us is hungry the other part feeds it that's all it's just natural and it feels so good it feels so good longing we're all of us longing for solutions for strategies for ways to live it's very simple to live with empty hands is the best way to be present to be willing to say yes to whatever comes and to see clearly too this doesn't mean to become some kind of a patsy somebody said well it sounds like being a patsy not at all the opposite of being a patsy maybe what somebody needs is to be shaken awake wake up wake up You give what's needed. (laughs) You see what's needed. When your mind is clear and your heart is open, you see through a lot of the tricks and games, and you see what's needed, and you can give it easily. This is such a beautiful concept of empty hands and an open door. Try it. Try it in your own relationships. Try it. Even one time today and then one time tomorrow, and that is Zen practice as well. So thank you so much for listening, very, very much. The um, URL for the podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday. And if you want to have any kind of questions or comments to me, my my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. You might also enjoy uh, one of my books called Zen and the Art of Falling in Love, which is also about a lot about Zen and the practice of relationships. Okay, so thanks for listening. And look how quickly, look how quickly the time goes. And I'm signing off for today. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye.